Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Shoesmith Serious Injury Podcast. My name is Kate Price-Marson. I'm a senior associate here in the Shoesmith Serious Injury team. On 30th of March this year, the Ockenden Review into Maternity Services at Shrewsbury and Telford NHS Trust was published. This was the largest review in the history of the NHS Maternity Services. The report was originally commissioned in 2017 by Secretary of State for Health and Social Care Jeremy Hunt to review 23 specific cases of significant concern. Following the review, 1,592 cases were actually identified. The review ultimately found repeated failures spanning a period of 20 years and at least 304 cases where there was avoidable harm. Those failures sadly led to the death of at least 295 babies and nine mothers as well as serious injuries or disablement of many babies. Today, we're going to discuss the conclusions from the Ockenden report, the details of one of our client's own cases who was involved directly in the investigations as part of the inquiry, what we can expect following the inquiry and what has changed already, what this means as a wider issue for the NHS Trust across the country, and what questions this report raises about more widespread issues. I'm delighted to be joined today by Kashmir Appel, a specialist clinical negligence partner in the Shoesmith Serious Injury Team, who represents several families in the long-running NHS inquiry into the failings at the Trust, and one of Kashmir's clients, Kamaljit, who was one of the mothers affected by the failures at the Shrewsbury and Telford NHS Trust. Welcome to both of you. Uh, Kashmir, I'll pass over to you now and you can give us a bit of an introduction into Kamaljit's story. Thank you, Kate. Yes, um, Kamaljit is sadly one of the uh, mothers affected by the failings at Telford and Shrewsbury Hospital. Kamaljit was pregnant with her third pregnancy in 2003 and Manpreet was a footling presentation, um, which meant that his delivery was a high risk delivery. And what should have happened was that because of the risks of um, injury to both baby and mother in such a high-risk delivery, um, Kamaljit should have had a cesarean section. Um, and had a cesarean section been carried out, Manpreet would have been uh, delivered um, well uh, and, and alive. Um, but very sadly, um, Kamaljit was um, coerced into agreeing to a vaginal delivery um, which had catastrophic consequences because Manpreet got trapped during the course of the delivery. Um, he was basically asphyxiated as a result of the trapping. Um, and it was a very traumatic delivery because he was finally delivered by cesarean section, but in a very, very poor condition and very tragically passed away shortly after his death. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, uh, Kamaljit. It must have been incredibly difficult and devastating for you and your family. Yes, it was very traumatising. And um, I just don't know how to explain the hurt and the pain I've had to go through for so many years, especially mm. finding out when the John Ockerton Review came along that there should have been measures in place when there wasn't like Kashmir says you know so, they should have took the 
a different yeah. approach to delivering, which they didn't. Kashmir, can you tell us briefly what were the main recommendations set out in Donna Ockenden's review? Yes, certainly. Um, there were a number of recommendations and some of the most important ones relate to clinical governance, that trust boards must show leadership and have oversight of the quality and performance of their maternity services. And there has to be regular mandatory staff training for staff who work together and they have to be units that work and function together because one of the main concerns that came out of the report was the the culture of them and us between midwifery and obstetric staff um, and very poor working relationships and they're very basic things that can be sorted out but that has to come from guidance from the top in terms of the trust board so those those recommendations are really important but also recommendations just in relation to compassion because the women who lost uh, babies were just not given that compassion they were not given appropriate bereavement care services or anything like that. So that is one of the recommendations from the report that their loss should be recognised um, and they should receive the appropriate care at that time. So Camelgit's case has been part of the Donna Ockenden review and Camelgit has met with Donna Ockenden on a few occasions. And I think it's fair to say that she's been really supportive, hasn't she, Camelgit? Very, very supportive. She's actually worked alongside families in a very personal way that she actually we felt very confident with her yeah she made you feel that she cared about what happened to you understood everything we explained and she turned around and said to me that everything you told me was spot on in the report yeah so Camelgit's case was reviewed by Donna Ockenden and her team and the conclusion was that the care that Camelgit and Manpreet received was substandard because the high-risk pregnancy, um, it should have been clear to the trust at the outset that a caesarean section should have been carried out and, and Donna concluded that had a caesarean section been carried out, the Manpreet would have been born without injury and obviously alive and Camelgit wouldn't be in the position that she is today. I think one of the, the issues for you, Camelgit, was the fact that, the, that when you were in labour, they just weren't listening to you, were they? You What you were asking them? No, I asked them for a C-section before even lying on the bed and it was never took, there was no notice taken of it. They said, no, it's fine, you carry on never actually said to me, okay, there was never a conversation between the midwife or the doctor. And not knowing he was a trainee, it's just shocking. It was a shock after shock, really. But yes, I was never listened to. Yeah. And that's what we found was a a trend at this hospital because what the report showed was that the emphasis was on vaginal deliveries, so avoiding cesarean section at all costs because they were so tra- target-driven. So um, every woman was um, persuaded very, very um, heavily to agreeing to a vaginal delivery without proper consideration of the risks of that delivery. And Kamajit, you've met lots of mothers who have had similar experiences to you, haven't you? I met two mothers that both babies passed away. They were persuaded to have a normal delivery as well when it should have been a C-section. They eventually gave them C-sections, same as me, 
when it was too late. And Kashmir, um, the report does identify, as you said, um, a reluctance, a culture of reluctance to perform cesarean sections. What were the sort of wider issues also identified within the trust? Was there anything else which was a common sort of trend? There were lots of issues, but I think what came out from it was that it was a dysfunctional unit, that the multidisciplinary teams weren't operating as a team. The midwives and doctors seemed to work against each other. There was uh, mistrust uh, of each other. Um, Any attempts at whistleblowing were completely stamped out. So it almost beggars belief that this was going on at that trust for such a long period of time and that's and it the, the i think for for the midlands area this is this is quite tragic because it's another example of failings for a long period of time you know this is telford which is 50 miles up the road from heart of England, where we had the Patterson scandal going on for 20 years. Um, And then now we've got the investigation in Nottingham. So this appears to be a recurring theme within our area. I mean, why is this happening? And why has there been a complete failure to to actually do anything about it? Um, You know, as lawyers, we are seeing these themes on a regular basis. And, you know, our poor clients like Hamilton are being you know, they're, they're suffering it, their lives are tainted by this. Well, I found out that the investigations were internal, nothing was done external. So obviously they kept them in-house and mm. no wonder it was easier for them to get away with it. If it was yeah. external, maybe something, there would have been a stop to it, but there wasn't. And it's a shame that it, it took... You know, mothers like Rhiannon and um, and Sonia Lee. Yeah, to 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 just stand their ground and say this is not acceptable um, for the the investigation then to to take place because, as Kamojit was told at the time, you 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 saw a consultant afterwards, didn't you? And they just dismissed yeah. it, didn't they? They said we'll learn from this um, is to go and carry on having another baby. Um, you know, that's all you can do. But yeah. Never, there was no remorse from him or I'm very sorry, but he turned around and said that he took the wrong option of delivering. Yeah, he said if he was born at 3.45 at night, he would have lived a normal life. There would have been nothing wrong with the baby. Yeah. But it, it was the dismissive attitude, wasn't it? Oh, don't don't worry, love. You just go and have another baby and that, yeah. will, that will all be fine. Like That will be fine. Yeah. You no know, recognition to the fact no. that you'd lost a baby in such yeah. tragic circumstances. It was going through it the worst, um, having to be there and having to be so scared of what I went through. And at the end of it all, turning around and saying so coldly that, you know, you're better off having another baby to get over this one. But it's not easy. Every Every child's an individual. Every child will have a different feeling for that mother. Yeah, yeah. They don't see it like that. They don't see the parents' feelings, what they are going through. All they they did the damage, but nobody's there to heal us. So Donna Ockenden's report, because her initial report in December 2020, she set out immediate recommendations for trust all across the UK because such was her concern about the level of midwifery and obstetric care in, in childbirth. But again, 
we don't know to what extent those recommendations have actually been implemented. Um, and the report, I, I don't know, Kate, if you've got the number of recommendations that were made for uh, Telford, but it, it ran to pages, didn't it? I think there were, there were 60 recommendations for learning and 15 immediate actions within the report itself. I mean, clearly, Kashmir, as you've said, there's some lessons here in terms of accountability. Um, staff had a real fear of a whistleblowing and the ability to escalate concerns. Uh, you've talked a little bit about the other trusts. Does this point to a much more widespread issue? Do, do we need to be concerned and aware? I think there is a real problem with whistleblowing because whistleblowers are still perceived to be problems rather than they identifying the problems and then the trust dealing with them. I mean, there you know we've got clinical governance, but unfortunately it's not working effectively in all hospitals. Um, and then you know, unfortunately, we you still have a culture where the consultant's decision seems to go, um, and and midwives who try and challenge them um, are just not listened to. The fact that these immediate recommendations were uh, across the country, you know, and we know it's not just unique to Telford. There was Morecambe Bay, goodness knows how many years ago, where all the mid midwifery failings there. Now we've got Nottingham. When is this going to end? Mm. And, and in her report, uh, Camelgit, um, Donna Ockenden said uh, that the families who bravely contributed to the review explained very clearly what they wanted to happen uh, in terms of ensuring that in the future, voices such as their own were listened to and heard, uh, and that meaningful and sustained changes will be made to try and ensure that what happened to them will not happen to others in the future. It, it must have taken a lot of courage from you to, um, as you say, be told things at the hospital by the consultants and still challenged that. How, how did that feel and, and how did you go about that? It was like a heavy weight lifted off my shoulders because um, I never knew what had happened to my son. All I was told, the baby died and that was it. Never explained in detail what actually happened until Donna actually told me everything. It was like a huge weight of 19 years that was there that needed, I needed a closure and I got it. She actually put a closure and explained what had actually happened and what should have happened. And blatantly, Clearly, she told me that there was a problem with the nurses. Um, the doctors picked and chose the nurses that agreed with them for a vaginal delivery. They were picking their staff because when I was in my review after six weeks, the doctor turned around and said to me, oh, don't worry, you won't be able to do anything about the baby dying because we all doctors and nurses stick together. And I was not able to do anything in view of what he was saying to me because I thought I was an isolated incident and that's what every family was told. It's an isolated incident. So, yes, a huge weight has been lifted and yeah. with... Kashmir's help as well. Her believing in me made a lot of difference. Oh, bless you. Well we, we know it's going to go on as well, don't we, Camelgit? Because the police are investigating as well, aren't they? We're investigating. We've been told the mothers that had their baby lost in two thousand to two thousand and seven cannot go 
with the manslaughter, but we're challenging that now, all the mothers that have had the baby. Why can't we? Because Shrewsbury Hospital and the Princess Royal Hospital are all as one. Absolutely, yeah. Because I think you, when when Manpreet was born, there were different trusts, weren't they, um, in 2003? And then the trust amalgamated. And what, what the police are saying is that their investigation relates to deaths that occurred once it was one amalgamated trust. But having said that, they are also considering all baby deaths, um, including including Manpreet's. And what they're looking at is potentially corporate manslaughter charges. So, and you've you've been interviewed by the police, haven't you? You've done a, you've given them a statement in relation to what happened with you. Yes, because they turned around and said because the police came back to me and said that we've been uh, talking at the hospital and uh, they said the baby was born to the shoulders. It's been written in my file as the doctor's been told by a nurse the baby's been born up to the shoulders. I know for a fact my baby was stuck to the trunk. Yeah. It never went any further. But in my file, there is discrepancies. There are definitely discrepancies. What Kate, what happened um, to Manpreet, bless him, was that um, his his feet were delivered um, his bottom was delivered, but then the cervix basically clamped down and he was stuck from his abdomen. Um, and that basically led to um, asphyxiation because the oxygen supply then to his brain was completely compromised. Um, there is discrepancy in the notes because at one point they referred to delivery up to the shoulders to suggest that the whole of his trunk had been delivered. But then the post the post-mortem report says that there was um, hemorrhaging around the abdomen, which suggests that's the point at which he got mm. stuck. So the notes are inconsistent. But for Kamaljit to have to read that about her baby, it's just the most distressing thing that any new mum um, would have to read. And then, and then Kamaljit, then they just sort of made you feel it was almost like your fault, Yeah, didn't it they? was my fault. They said, Kamaljit, you lost the baby. And I couldn't understand how could it be my fault. I was taken in two days early. And they still made this, you know, problem of taking the wrong option. I would have thought my uh, pregnancy would have been discussed because it wasn't once or twice I went into hospital. I went in so many times. I was scanned so many times and the baby always stayed breached. Yeah, yeah. He was so tall as well. But when he was not in the incubator, they had him lying down and... Um, he was still blue. He never got colour back to his feet, legs, um, to the trunk, up to the belly. He was still blue. So, you know, I don't know how they can say that he had gone up to the shoulders. Yeah, there's definitely discrepancies in the notes, um, and which is what we've pulled out and, and, and we've advised the defendant of this. And obviously Donna also noted that. But also after the delivery, it was really, they were really insensitive to you, weren't you? Weren't they, Cabbage? Because they put you on a ward with other babies, didn't they? Yes, they did. I could hear babies all night. I could not sleep. I wanted to walk out because I was drugged up so much. They had given me the highest dose. I don't know whether I was coming or going. Yeah. And nobody, the worst thing is that nobody comes and sees you. They just leave you. Mm. And that's what they did to me. And then I discharged myself the second day. And I had the baby Friday. By Sunday, I was out. Yeah. And even though I had a very traumatizing birth, I just couldn't stay in the hospital. Yeah. I said to yeah. my husband, 
if I don't go, I'm going to die. I am going to die here. Camelgen, after going through something so distressing and then to have your concerns ignored and be dealing with those sorts of situations where there's just a total lack of sensitivity, uh, what would you say if there's any mothers listening who've gone through something similar what, to what can help, you say to them to confront everything if they think there's a doubt in their mind is to follow their heart and get help that's all i say mm-hmm. i got it i got it through kashmiropol and i got it through donna okiton and it's the best help i've ever had because I, at one time, wanted to commit suicide. I've oh. been there and back. Yeah, I mean, you've the experience that you've been through, come to go into hospital to then to, to, to expect to come and out with your baby. Yeah. And come out. It yeah. was the worst time of my life. Yeah. And I wouldn't have wished that upon anybody. And there should be more help for the loss of the baby to the mothers. Yeah. And we, I think we're just so grateful to Donna, aren't we, for, for highlighting this and, and making this an issue and making it so important and making mothers like you have suffered a terrible loss, realize, to, to say it's not your fault, this shouldn't have happened to you. Um, and I think moving forward, what, what Camelgen and I both want is for maternity care to be safer, but also for, for to listen to the mum Listen to what the mother is saying because the mother knows what's best for her. The mother knows and it, it should be a process of a, a decision-making which is shared decision-making rather than being told what to do. Um, so I think in terms of the future, I feel quietly confident that things will change because Donna has yes. a strong voice and she's looking at Nottingham now um, and, and maternity care across the UK will hopefully be a lot safer moving forwards mm. yes she is quite strong-minded and she understands every mother that has gone through it and she's not took it lightly she's done the action absolutely and i'm um, pleased with that since the report the nhs has identified and announced uh, 95 million pounds in funding and further 127 million pounds into the nhs maternity services uh, donna ockenden herself called this a huge stride forward however she identified that 350 million pounds is actually the am- amount which is required uh, does this tie into Kashmir? do you think a shortage generally of the midwives in the nhs trusts um, I think it's not all just about resources. I think there is an issue about um, communication as well. As I say, it was a dysfunctional unit at Telford because the midwives and doctors seemed to be working against each other and they were driven by national targets. Targets are a good thing, but you, there has to be realism about whether they can be achieved. Um, and it should be the target-driven should be the mother and, and the baby, that's the target you set for yourself rather than how many cesarean sections, how many births. So whilst resources is important, also communication, um, more efficient working is really important as well. Mm, absolutely. Oh, would you echo that, uh, Kamaljit? I agree with Kashmir Opal. She's right. Kashmir, I know that you have experience. You mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast, the Ian Patterson inquiry. Um, clearly, as, as we've identified here, there, there are some pretty widespread allegations. Are you concerned moving forward that this is just the tip of the iceberg? 
I think because there have been so many reviews now of midwifery care, uh, maternity care in the UK, such as the Morecambe Bay, um, Telford, East Kent, and now Nottingham, I think that it is now being addressed. Clearly, we had major problems in the West Midlands area um, in relation to the Heart of England NHS Foundation Trust, which has now been taken over by the University Hospitals of Birmingham NHS Trust. I'd like to say that this is the end of these types of issues, but I've just been instructed in a new case where um, there were failures in the care of people with Parkinson's disease at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, which is subject to a review, um, and that goes back a number of years. I'm still investigating cases related to a neurosurgeon uh, at Coventry where the GMC are involved. We've got concerns regarding an orthopaedic surgeon that, who is primarily operating at the Spire hospitals um, and there's a GMC hearing uh, on Monday that's starting. So um, while I'd like to say that, you know, there are improvements and these kind of incidents are reducing, whilst they are, the sad fact is that they that we are still finding out about them. And I suppose at our end, in terms of we hear about things when they go wrong, um, we we see all the the failures um, and perhaps not all of the success stories of you know the NHS and the NHS is a wonderful institution and it provided a fantastic service during COVID and we're all going to be patients of the NHS. I mean I'm a, I'm a patient of the NHS um, and what we all want is a safe NHS or a private sector for everybody for ourselves, our clients, our families, our friends and that's what we're all striving towards. Absolutely. Any closing words at all, Kashmir? I mean, obviously, Camelgit, and I, I know her really well now, but it's really sad that our acquaintance has arisen from as a result of what happened to Camelgit and her family. She's an amazing lady. She's She's got a very strong voice that she's, she's used for promoting um, and highlighting this issue so that other women don't suffer in the way that Camelgit and her family sadly have. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you again, Kamaljit, for your courage in speaking to us today and, and your strength um, in talking about this difficult subject. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Kashmir. No worries. You take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.